Good morning, Glad Tidings. So good to be with you this morning. And I'm uh, so excited about today and all that God's going to do during our time together as we're in the Rooted series. And I'll be sharing a word uh, along those lines in a moment. But I felt the prompting of the Spirit to begin this message, taking just a short moment and praying for those that are watching right now who need a miracle in their body. Uh, even though this is being done in this type of a setting, I believe the power of God can flow like a river right in your home, your car, wherever you're watching. And so I want to just take a moment and believe God to heal the sick. If that's you, if that's you, you woke up this morning battling sickness, disease, whatever it may be, we're going to believe right now that in the name of Jesus, that Jesus is going to heal your body right now. I want to pray for you. Father, I'm asking you right now in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that you paid the price 2,000 years ago by laying down your life on that cross to heal the sick. And I'm asking you, Lord, you said that when you pray to believe, that by your stripes we're already healed. So I'm asking you right now, Lord, for those that are watching that maybe are in pain, Lord, those that are battling uh, sickness or cancer, whatever disease, or whatever the need is, I'm asking you now, Lord, for the gift of healing, to flow through every sick body watching right now. Lord, from miracles, this moment, Lord, that you'll touch, let, let pain leave. Uh, let disease flee at the mention of your name. So right now, God, we declare healing because of what the price you paid on the cross and your resurrection. We stand on the integrity of your word that you are still Jehovah Rapha. You are the God that heals. So we ask for miracles of healing right now, in Jesus' name, and we give you all the thanks, and we give you all the praise, in your name we pray, amen and amen. Hey, listen, if you prayed that prayer with us, and I believe in God for healing, and sense God healing in your body, we want to know about it at Glad Tidings to give God all the praise, so uh, type it in, or let us know in the days ahead that Jesus heals your body. Uh, we're in a great series called Rooted, and uh, Pastor Dan gave a great word last week about abiding and remaining. Amazing how many times in the scripture that we are called to remain, we're called to abide. And uh, what I want to talk about for a few moments is what can happen when we choose to not remain and we choose to not abide. The danger that can happen to our spiritual root system. But we make decisions to no longer abide and remain in following the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I want to begin by reading in Deuteronomy chapter 29. And I'll kind of prepare you. I'll just give you a lot of Bible this morning, as there is every week. But I'm going to read a number of scriptures. But Deuteronomy chapter 29. And I'll begin, at, I'm going to read actually just verse 18. So Deuteronomy 29 verse 18. Here's what the Word of God says. I'm speaking about being wrongly rooted or when roots go bad. Deuteronomy 29, 18 says this. I am making this covenant with you so that no one among you, no man, woman, clan, or tribe, will turn away from the Lord our God to worship these gods of other nations. And so that no root among you bears bitter and poisonous fruit. So Moses is challenging the people of God uh, to not wander, to not drift, but to remain, to abide. 
He says, I, I want you to do that so that there'll be no root among you that bears bitter and poisonous fruit. If you know your Bible, you're aware that in Deuteronomy, Moses prepares the people of God, a new generation, to not just possess, but to occupy and be blessed in the new land that God has given them. And what he does in Deuteronomy, he repeats the law to a new generation, but applies it to life in the new land. And uh, he stresses, Moses stresses the importance of loving and obeying God. He's saying, in other words, listen, uh, when you go in, in the promised land, he says it's so critical, it's so vital that you remain rooted, that you put your roots down deep and that you continue to love and obey God Almighty, to stay rooted. Because if we don't, he says, roots can go bad. Uh, they can be bitter roots and poisonous roots and affects not only us, but those around us. And so what we're going to do for a few moments this morning, as Dan shared about remaining and uh, about being healthy, and it's important to know this. And the big idea is that the root always determines the fruit. You can plant any, you can choose to plant any seeds you want, but we're not given the luxury to choose the fruit. If you plant an apple tree, you're not going to pick peaches. So the root always determines the fruit. And that's why it's so critical that we live close, we remain and abide, that we are rooted in the things of God, that we do not become wrongly rooted. Now here's what we're going to do. Uh, we can, there's so many uh, wrong roots that we don't ever want to establish in the lives of the believers. But I'm only going to look at four roots that I believe God never wants to be a part of your life and mine. In the danger if we drift, if we wander from the word of God and the ways of God, uh, we put ourselves in danger, like it says in Deuteronomy, of becoming wrongly rooted, bitter uh, uh, roots and, and poisonous. And so the first root I want to look at uh, uh, this morning, and I, I want to again prepare you for this, because dealing with roots it, it's not an easy thing. I remember years ago, our first trip to uh, overseas, first trip ever, was to Egypt. We took 17 young people, and part of our trip, and uh, we were at the oldest assembly of God institution in the world, the Lillian Trasher Orphanage. And we arrived there, services, ministry, but we said, we want to do something practical. They took us out, our team of 17, my wife and I, and 15 young people into a field with about 30 or 40 trees. They were not big trees, but small trees. And, and they said, you know what, we, would be, we want to build a new uh, facility here, and uh, so could you clear this field? And they left us, and uh, they gave us some saws or whatever. I thought, piece of cake, we attacked those trees. Man, I ran up to the first tree, and I'm sawing that puppy down, uh, robbing, sawing trees down, and uh, after a few hours, uh, there were 17 of us, man, just, just the, the stumps. And I'm thinking, well, this is a piece of cake, and it wasn't that, that difficult. Until the leader came back out to us and saw the field. He said, well, you, you, you begun well, but he said, now the hard work begins. I'm thinking, hard work? I, I thought the work was done. He said, no, you didn't understand. I want all the trees pulled out by their roots. By the end of that week, we had maybe five or six trees removed. 
We spent hours with certain trees because the roots that went deep and were tangled or whatever, when you deal with roots, it can often be a very difficult thing. But as I share this, my prayer is this, not only proclamation of a message, I'm praying the power of God to set people free. I'm praying for more than the, uh, the proclamation in, in words. But I pray that God will back the word with power, that, that shackles will be broken, and God would set people free. The first root we deal with this morning is the root of all evil, or the root of evil. And uh, 1 Timothy 6, it, it, it says this, But godliness with contentment is great gain. Paul's right to Timothy. For we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap into foolish and harmful desires. They'll plunge people into ruin and destruction. Here it is. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people, listen to this, some people eager for money have wandered from the faith. Translation, they no longer abided. They no longer remain. So some that went after riches and whatever, he said they have wandered from the faith and have pierced themselves with many, many griefs. Am I talking to someone this morning? And you've allowed the root of evil, the root, the love of money, to take a hold of every part of your life. It consumes you. It's now your passion, your focus. The Bible talks about this. And I want the word, so sit back, sip a coffee. I want to read some scriptures that deal specifically with this root of all evil, the love of money. Matthew 6, 24. It's a chunk of scripture, but it says this. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one or love the other. Or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. That's worth another read. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore I tell you. In other words, because of that, this. He says, therefore I tell you. uh, Do not worry about your life, what you'll eat, what you'll drink, about your body, what you'll wear. Is that life more than food, the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? And, and, and Jesus goes on in that scripture. It's a long chunk of talking the dangers of worry. How God is a good, good Father. He's a great provider. He cares for the bird. Matter of fact, last night I'm, I'm putting more bird seed. I think there's some of our birds are, are COVID-19 or overeating. I'm dumping bird seed like every day, whatever. If, if, we, if God cares for the birds, how much more does God care for us? She talks about the dangers of worry and what are we going to drink or then wear. But then he says this. He says, but 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things shall be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. I love Luke 12, 15. Then he said to them, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Proverbs 15, 27. The greedy bring ruin to their households. That's sobering. 
Uh, why does the devil want people overtaken by the root of all evil? The love of money. Because the devil knows. I'll destroy your life. I'll destroy your marriage. Uh, you know, folks, I know people who've lost their balance. It became all about the next buck. They no longer were rooted in God's word and putting Christ first. And marriages have been broken. I've got friends whose lives have been shattered because of the love of money. It says, uh, uh, but the one who, uh, well, they'll bring ruin to the households. Proverbs 23, 4 says this. Do, this is for somebody. Do not wear yourself out to get rich. Am I talking to someone this morning that you are emotionally and physically exhausted because you're wearing yourself out to get rich? It says, do not wear yourself out to get rich. Do not trust in your own cleverness. Cast but a glance at riches, for they are gone. And they will surely sprout wings and fly off the sky like an eagle. Here's the deal. If you're listening and say, Greg, you know what I feel? I've lost my balance and I, I, I'm not remaining. I'm not abiding. I, I've lost my focus. Now it's the love of money. It, it's, it's the, remember the monster more that series years ago. What is the treatment for a root of that root of evil? What do you tell somebody that says, I want victory over this? I, I don't want to, to go down this path any further. The key is in Philippians chapter 4, where it says in verse 11, I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. The first step to get victory over that love of money is to be so in love with Jesus that we learn the secret of contentment. And my prayer for those watching that this is not something automatic. I can't reach a hand out toward the screen and say, God, deliver people. Let them be content. It says, Paul says, I've learned the secret. We have to learn to be content. And Jesus can help us do that with our eyes on him and getting deep in his word. But not just becoming content. 2 Corinthians 8, 7 says this. But since you excel in everything, Paul writes, since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, and complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, he said this, see that you also excel in the grace of giving. Who am I talking to right now? That your love for money has caused you to be tight-fisted. When you give that all to Jesus and abide in his word, let him open up your hands and be a giver. If we can excel in many other things, important disciplines, Paul says, I also want you, GT, and wherever you're watching, I want you to excel in the grace of giving. I want to challenge you. Man, be a giver. Be a giver. Honor God with his tithe. That belongs in the local storehouse, by the way. And, uh, and then offerings. And, and be, just be a giver. So if you say, Greg, you know what, that root, that love of money, the root of evil, Greg, it's, it's, I, I, I've been weary, Just, it's been all money, money, money. Go from money, money, money to Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And you watch him set you free. It brings such a peace and a rest in your spirit to be able to say it like Paul. I've learned to be content. I know what it is to be in need, have plenty. I've learned the secret to be content in every and any situation. This morning, in the name of Jesus, 
I declare war on the root of all evil, the love of money. I pray for deliverance and breakthrough, that we would remain and abide in seeking first, it says it there in Matthew, his kingdom, in all the righteousness, in all of these things shall be added unto you, the Bible says. The second root, not just the root, uh, uh, the root of, of, of evil, but the second root we'll look at for a moment, it's one that's being talked about all over, and it should be. And that is the root of racism. I was golfing yesterday, as always, looking for my, my ball in the woods and in the high grass. My golf balls are always allergic to short grass. I'm not sure what that is. And, but I, I, I saw some guys walking up the other fairway, and, and they were talking about racism. Listen, the root of racism. God never wants that root in any one of our lives. As I was preparing for this and uh, looking up definitions of racism, I learned this. You better be careful when you try to define racism. Matter of fact, it's either was just recently done or being done right now, but Webster's Dictionary, they're actually uh, redefining what racism is and, and kind of broadening. It's evolved over the years. And I'm not one. There are so many that are sharper and more eloquent and able to give you a, a, a dissertation on, on racism and definition. Listen, that's not my, that's not my burden, my, and that's important. But my passion this morning is this. There's some people claim the wrongness of the root of racism. You say, Greg, well, well that, that's a given. But, but here's the deal, because we hear this often, and I get this. And it's from, we have to have conversations and we have to talk about it, and we do. I've had more conversations with friends and, and neighbors and people, and I pray that you have as well. But at the end of the day, we must understand this, that the root of racism is from the pit of hell itself. And I thought God gave me just four words uh, when you think of racism. Are four statements. One is racism. It devalues people. Why is racism so horrible? And you think of words like privilege and, and prejudice and, and uh, whether a, a color of skin or a nationality or whatever, or a person or whatever it may be. But it devalues people. Racism divides people. We see that now. And not just in America. This is This is global. It, it divides people. It destroys people. And finally, it disobeys God. I think of the, uh, someone overseas, I want to be careful, that was told they wanted to aspire to do better in excellence in their career. And someone said, well, you know what? You ought to be happy because the color of your skin, uh, you ought to be happy you are where you are. Listen, that breaks the heart of God. It devalues people. It's simply absolutely stone-cold evil. And so it devalues, it divides, it destroys, it disobeys. But what does the word say about this? Genesis 1.27 says this. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. He male and female, he created them. Acts 17.26 from one man, he made all the nations. If there's anyone listening that says, you know, Greg, preach, sweat, spit, do your deal. But listen, I, listen, I just, that's how I feel. And you're, if you're bound by this, if you're bound by this, 
my friend, your problem isn't with what I'm saying. Your struggle is with the authority of the word of Almighty God. Acts 17, 26, from one man made all nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked, I love this, he marked out their boundaries and uh, their, rather their appointed times and, and the boundaries of their lands. I love John 13, verse 34 and 35. A new command I give you. In other words, up to now you've heard this. But God says, I've, I've got some breaking news for you. He says, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. I, I, I love Matthew chapter 22 at verse 35. It says this, again, basic Bible. Uh, one of them, a teacher, an expert in the law, tested him with, with a question. Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. I, I love what Romans 15, beginning at verse 5 says. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude and mind toward each other. Say each other out loud right where you're watching. Give you uh, toward each other that Christ Jesus had so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I love verse 7. Again, I'm not looking to simplify racism. It's complicated. And, and, uh, and, uh, and the experiences that so many have gone through. But, but look at what Paul says. He says, accept one another. He says, accept one another. Then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. And finally, 1 John chapter 2 it doesn't get, you say, Greg, is racism, is it really evil, is it, is it is the root of it, is it just really that bad? Yes. First John 2, 9, anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or sister is still in darkness. I'm not looking to upset your morning. But listen, if you're walking with, with, with that spirit of racism uh, to any level, my friend, we are not walking in the light. And so he goes on and says, anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light. But anyone, uh, and nothing in them will make them stumble, but anyone who hates their brother and sister is in darkness and walks around in darkness. They don't even know where they're going because their darkness has blinded them. You say, Greg, I get the treatment for greed. It's be a giver, learn to be content. What, what do you tell somebody that, that battles those, those, those things you've been taught that are evil and wicked and to devalue people and to make people feel less than who they are? We're all made in the image of God. Doesn't matter the color of your skin. Doesn't matter where you're from. Doesn't, I know people in places of Europe that are, that are mocked because of a certain village and they're made fun of, they look down, they're devalued. Listen, that always breaks the heart of God. Because God loved the whole world, it says in John 3, 16. He gave his son for the whole world. He made us all in his image. It, you say, how do you treat this sin? I want to challenge you. After this morning's message is over, to look at Luke chapter 10, the parable of the Good Samaritan. 
and I, I, I've never read this. Usually it's along the, uh, when I've read this in the past, about uh, you see somebody in need and, uh, you know, help them, whatever. But you read Luke chapter 10 at verse 30. A man going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes. That's what hate does. That's what hate does. It strips people. It robs them. It leaves them beaten and broken. And my prayer, and you read the parable of the Good Samaritan, and that you read about how a priest went down one road and he saw and passed by, and a Levite came and saw and passed by, but a Samaritan traveled and he came, he took pity, and he began to deal with a man's wounds. I want to challenge somebody. I'm grateful for public settings where we can address this. But this battle will be won, just one by one. Yeah, publicly, yes. Speak it out, yes. Peaceful protests, yes. But also, by you and I having eyes to see people who've been beaten and stripped and to come alongside them, man. To do what the Good Samaritan did, to be that rightful neighbor, to share the love of God in practical ways. I challenge you, I challenge myself, that in the next seven days, to be so rooted in the love of God for everybody, that you and I look for moments to bless people, to encourage people, to speak life to people, to meet, to come alongside somebody, and then just do what's expected. But you read that this, this good Samaritan, he went above and beyond. He told the innkeeper, listen, here's some money, take care of him. When I come back, if it costs more, I'll make up for it. Let's go above and beyond to minister to people who have been devalued, who've been broken, who've been destroyed. And uh, at the end of the day, the root of racism is a blatant disobedience to the word of Almighty God. And my prayer for all of us is that we would so abide in the vine, like Pastor Dan shared last week, that we would so abide in the vine that you and I would be so deeply rooted in the love of God in Christ Jesus, that love oozes out of us wherever we go. You say, Greg, I want, I want to be a difference maker. I want God to use me. Just start loving people. Say, God, just give me boldness and just acts of kind. I mean authentic. And let's, let's walk in the love that God has shed abroad in our hearts. So number one, the root, the root of all evil, greed, love of money, may be broken today in Jesus' name, that we walk with contentment, that we walk and live and excel in the grace of giving. When it comes to the root of racism, which is from the pit of hell itself, let's say, God, I, I repent of anything in me that's broken your heart in the area of being hateful or prideful or neglecting those around me who've been stripped and beaten down. But I choose, Lord, wash me, set me free, and I want to walk in the power of love. And I want the world to know, Lord, that you love each and every single one of them. The third root we'll talk about this morning, just touching on these, each one, never mind a sermon in themselves. It's a, it's a book, a series in themselves. The third one is the root of bitterness. Who am I talking to this morning? The pandemic's been hard enough. 
the, the quarantine. And right now, India is going into another severe lockdown until the end of August. Who am I that, that change in life and it's a, a challenge for all of us. But who am I talking to right now that, that this pandemic has been more difficult for you because you were bound by the root of bitterness. I'm not looking to beat anybody up this morning. I've got great news that Jesus can break the power of the root of bitterness. He can do that, friends. Hebrews 12, verse 14 says this. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone. And to be holy without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no bitter root grows up that God's trouble and defile many. Ephesians 4 says this at 31. Get rid of all bitterness. My wife and I, we got this little, this little screened-in thing we put up on our deck because all the bugs and the bees and whatever. So we got this up, and we're sitting in there, and uh, just a couple days ago, and having a cup of coffee, Robin's a tea drinker, we're sitting, Rebecca's with us, and, and so Rebecca and I got the coffee, Robin's got the tea, whatever, and all of a sudden, you know, and there's insects flying outside, this screened-in, portable tent deal, and Robin says, there's a bug in the tent. She says, get rid of the bug. So I grow over a fly swatter and one of those electric tennis rackets. We we fry bugs and send them into glory, you know. And I went to get this one thing, but it was quick. And, and funny, I thought I got it with a fly swatter or whatever. And I didn't see it fall. And, and I sat, Robin said, I got to see it. I got I to got, I know it's gone. I got to know it's gone. And uh, I said, honey, maybe a lot. And she said, listen, I, 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 you, you got to make sure you get rid of that thing. Who am I talking to? And the Lord isn't saying, just, just acknowledge that you're bitter. He's saying, God's saying, get rid of it. Get rid of our bitterness. Rage and anger. It says, be kind and compassionate to one another. Uh, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. I want to give an example of this, and I want you to read this this afternoon with a bowl of ice cream. Go to Plum Creek. You can get it to go. Get black raspberry. It'll change your life. But read, read Genesis chapter 32 and 33, and you'll read in those chapters, especially 33 verse 10, that, that encounter between Jacob and Esau. Remember when Jacob stole Esau's blessing and, uh, and, and, and the anger that Esau had for his brother? He tried to get the blessing back, and he couldn't. His father already gave it to Jacob. And, and, and mom said to Jacob, your brother's going to kill you. You better take off right now. So Jacob heads out. So Jacob goes one way, Esau another. Some years go by, and Jacob hears that Esau is walking up the road. His last vision of Esau was an angry man, furious, bent on killing in revenge, bent in anger, just wanted to get back in, because that's what bitter people do. His last thought of Esau was, man, he's so furious, and I wronged him, and he's bitter. And again, and so what Jacob does is he sends gifts ahead and whatever, but finally they meet. And when Jacob saw Esau, Jacob was fearful. But Esau ran to Jacob, put his arms around him, and said, Look, what, what are you doing sending me all these gifts? And I'm so glad to see you. And then Jacob said this when he realized that Esau was not a bitter man, but now a better man. He said to his brother, he said, to see your face is like seeing the face of God. Listen, those that are watching that are bitter, I, I'm sorry what you went through. 
that one that walked out on you, that one that crushed you, the one that disappointed you. But don't let a root of bitterness rob you of having the face of God. Don't let a bitter spirit so overtake you, that root that wraps around you, that we're angry, resentful, and always looking to get back at people. No, I don't know where it happened. But somewhere Esau had an encounter with God. And my prayer is this. Even right now in your home, wherever you're watching, I pray the power of the grace of Jesus Christ to flow right where you are, that bitter person, if you're bitter, and you have such an encounter with Jesus Christ that all the anger and all the rage, that it melts in the presence of the one who also was insulted. He also was mistreated. But the Bible says... He chose not to retaliate, but to entrust himself to the one who, who, who knows all things, to the Lord. He entrusted himself to his Father in heaven. So is that you? I'm challenging you. Get rid of that root of bitterness. And just bring it to the Lord and say, Lord, I, I choose, like, I want to walk in forgiveness. And when you and I walk in forgiveness, when we forgive others, Though we ourselves have been forgiven by God, when we walk with that kind of a spirit, we're going to walk. And how much does our world now need this? Our world needs to see the face of God. Bitterness, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You'll not hold my brother or sister hostage another day. You are broken in the name of Jesus. Give it to him now and let the power of God set you free. I'm done with this. The last root is the root of religion. It says in Luke 7, verse 29, how all the people, even tax collectors, when they heard, that, when they heard Jesus' words, they acknowledged God's way was right because they'd been baptized by John. But the Pharisees and experts, experts, say experts, Experts in the law rejected God's purpose for themselves because they had not been baptized by John. James 1.26 says, Those who consider themselves religious, yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues, they deceive themselves. And their religion is worthless. Religion, the God of Father accepts as pure and faultless as this, to look on after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. One more scripture, 2 Timothy chapter 3, almost done. Paul said to Timothy, but mark this, there'll be terrible times in the last days. People be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, this will be in the parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure, rather lovers of God. And here it is having a form of godliness, but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. Hey, what are you saying? I'm saying, church, as we begin to close this message, may you and I in these last days not be found among the crowd who knows all the answers. We got it, we got it all laid out in our heart, in our minds. But we deny the very power of God. That we have a form of godliness, but we now deny its power. I want to challenge each and every one of us breathing, watching this message, wherever you're watching this, to say, Father, in these last days, I don't want to get churchy. I don't want to get religious. But I want to be deeply rooted in the things of God. 
This pandemic, some say the pandemic is, is, is building character or whatever, I guess, but it's also revealing, revealing who we are in Christ. And I want to challenge somebody. The, the religion has never saved one person. Religion has always been man's attempt to find God, but Christianity has always been God reaching down to set men and women free. So may you and I in these days not be like the Pharisees and experts in the law. They know all the answers, but it says this. They know all the answers, but they rejected God's purpose for themselves. Am I talking to somebody here right now? And your walk with God has become so bland and so shallow and so indifferent. Well, you can go days without being in the Word and not even miss a beat where prayerlessness has become a way of life. I'm not looking to, to beat anybody up, but what I'm saying is this. If we're not careful, if we don't do what, what, what Moses said to the people in Deuteronomy, listen, I want you to possess and enjoy and, and, and prosper, but you, you can't play around. You've got to stay rooted. You've got to remain. You've got to abide. The danger for any of us is to do what it says in the last days, that they'll mark this, there'll be, there'll be many people that depart from the faith, the Bible says. God doesn't want you to become somebody's sermon illustration. Oh, remember that person, they were religious, attended church, and they were in a small group, and they gave a few bucks in the offering, but they never paid attention to their personal walk with Jesus Christ. And the root of religiosity engulfed them and choked out what it means to truly abide in Jesus Christ. I'm going to close with this today. I've kind of jumped through these things so fast, I know. My prayer is, is that you allow the power of God to deal with any wrong roots that may be in your life here today. And you know what? I, I'm praying for God's peace. I want you to be blessed. I want you to be encouraged, but you need to know this. God is very serious when it comes to dealing with wrong roots. And 2 Chronicles 7, 7, 17 says this, As for you, if you walk before me faithfully, as your father David did, and do all I command, observe my decrees and laws, I'll establish your royal throne as a covenant with David, your father, when I said you shall never fail to have a successor to rule over Israel. But listen, but... If you turn away, if you choose to not remain, if you choose to not be rooted, if you choose to not abide, if you turn away and forsake the decrees, commands I've given you, and go up and serve other gods and worship them, then I will uproot Israel from my land, which I have given them, and will reject this temple I've consecrated. I'll make it a byword, an object of ridicule among all the people. And uh, the pe the, uh, all who pass by will be appalled and say, now what, what has the Lord done such a thing in, in this land of the temple? People answer, because they have forsaken the Lord, the God of their ancestors, who brought them out of Egypt and have embraced other gods, worshiping and serving them. That is why he brought all this disaster on them. Here's my prayer, that you and I, that you and I stay so deeply rooted in the things of God that we can experience the goodness of God and the land of the living. Don't let that wrong root evolve into you becoming uprooted, but may God deliver, cleanse, wash, set us free. And my prayer for each one of us today is this, that we would be rightly rooted in the word of God. 
we be established and strong. Let the wind, the rains come, but our roots grow deep in the richness of a soil of God's word that keeps the poisonous uh, roots or whatever at bay. So my prayer is this. If there's and maybe a root in your life that's not, nothing that we covered, let the power of the Spirit reveal that to you and let God set you free. I want to close in prayer. You know, I realize there could be some watching right now and that maybe have never, ever received Jesus Christ as Savior. Maybe you don't remember with some level of clarity ever giving your heart to Jesus. I'm not asking yet. You know by now, I'm begging you. If you've not yet made the decision to follow Jesus, you'll do it right now. If that's you, you say, Greg, I'm watching right now. I don't, I don't know if I'm following Christ. Or not. Pray this prayer. Say, Lord, forgive all my sin. Pray it out loud. Lift up both hands. Lord, forgive all my sin. I believe you are the Son of God. Say it out loud. You are the Son of God. You died on the cross, rose up from the dead, and you're alive forever. I receive you now as my Savior, as my Lord. Help me to walk with you now all the days of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. If you just prayed that simple prayer to receive Jesus, type it in or, 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 or let the church know or, or let, let someone at the, at the church know that you just made life's greatest decision to follow Jesus. And once you make that choice, then take the next steps. It will help you do this. The next steps to not become wrongly rooted, but to be rightly rooted in the things of God. I want to pray for you, GT. Father, I thank you for this morning. They've been so patient, Lord, I, or probably in overtime, Lord. I pray you bless my family, my brothers and my sisters today. You, you'll bless Pastor Brian and the staff and bless, uh, Lord, down every grandma and grandpa, the boy and girl. I pray that you would, would free us from any wrong roots in our lives. I pray for healthy roots. I pray that we will allow you to convict us and, and that we'll repent. And I pray you'll set us free from anything that holds us back from what you have. So, Lord, move in power right now. I thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that because of your grace, we can remain and abide in you because of your goodness and your love toward us. Bless GT right now and all those watching, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you, GT. Thanks for joining us today. Being rooted in Christ is a constant journey, and we want to come alongside you on yours. If you weren't able to stop by and pick up your rooted devotional at the church, don't worry. You can always download your own copy on our website and print it so that you can dive into the word and lean into what God has for you in this season. If you want to go through these devotionals with a small group or community of people, you can learn more about how to do that on our website. Our mission at GT Church is to reach people and grow together in Christ. So if you enjoyed today's message, we'd be honored if you partner with us in that mission and share it with your friends and your family. Replays of our messages can be found on our website, our YouTube channel, and on our Facebook page. And guess what? We even have a GT Church podcast. It's a great way to listen to these messages while you go about your everyday life. So you should definitely check that out too. You can also stay connected with us all week long on social media everywhere at GT Church Online. And like I mentioned before, our website has some really great resources for you, so you definitely want to check that out. 
I hope you have a great rest of your week and we'll see you this Wednesday night at seven o'clock for our Growing Together segment where we'll dive even deeper into what Pastor Greg taught us today. And you can find that on YouTube and on Facebook. I'll see you then.